Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Tightwad Tech, episode 121, The Not CES Show, recorded January 14th, 2012, and brought to you by Element OP Productions, elementop.com. That's right, this week, the first week in January, or second week in January, actually, where everybody is talking about CES. Every blog, every tech show, every podcast, we're not. Okay, maybe a little, but it's not a CES show. Right. It's not an anything show. I think we've already determined that, right? It's the Seinfeld of podcasts. That's what the show has become. It's a show about nothing. <laughs> and we get that way. And here to do the show about nothing. Hi, I'm Mark. And that guy over there, he's Sean. Hi, Sean. Mark, good to be here as always. Uh, I'm, I'm a little extra tired tonight, though. Yeah, you uh, had a fairly busy weekend, as I recall. I did, yeah. I um, I did the turnaround trip to Vegas this weekend. Um, and no, not for CES, which it ended on Friday, so I barely missed it. I think I mentioned that last week. Uh, but yeah, had uh, my brother, one of my brothers, uh, has been in the Army for 22 years, and he will be leaving for Korea for the next two years. And he's already put us on notice that, uh, you know, he does accumulate leave just like any other time uh, that you're in the military. But uh, his leave that he accumulates over the next two years, he is not going to be coming home. Uh, he's going to use that time to travel around the Pacific and, you know, make it down to Australia and Japan and uh, all those kind of places. He will not be seeing him for two years so uh in honor of that uh, we, it's quite the turnaround and uh yes i barely missed ces so that was a little bit of a bummer i thought gosh if i'm gonna you know i i thought for a while when we first booked it that uh maybe i was going to be there during ces but uh no such luck uh did your, get your, your skype connection back? blipped out there for a second did, did, did you went down on friday and came back on sunday is that right no i went down on saturday saturday, saturday morning yeah, so it was a real quick turnaround, just there for one night and, and, and came back. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I caught like the worst part of it because coming back on that Sunday, that's when everybody that was at CES was coming back home. Right. So it was a madhouse going through security and everything coming back. Um, and, you know, it's so funny, Mark. The TSA, can I, 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 see, I didn't even put this in the notes. I knew we always go tangential, uh, but, uh, the TSA, so one, okay. I get to the, I get to the hotel room there when I arrive in Vegas and I open my bag and what do I find this little card, right? It's, it's like a yeah, your bag know. has been searched, right? And I'm like, oh, great. So completely, I mean, they obviously completely emptied my bag right? because it's not like they just opened it up and sort of poked around. I mean, everything is completely redone. Well, um, in the interest of not paying, Mark, $45 a bag to carry on. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, so in the interest of not having to pay for another bag, I put my laptop in this bag and I had wrapped it in clothes so that to, you know, give it some protection, right? Well, they just throw it back in there on top. <laughs> so now look, Luckily, and it, it, it freaked me out, you know, because I'm thinking, great, they, my laptop's going to be broken. Um, now, the, the one thing that happened is I have one of those, uh, you know, I've got a wireless mouse, and it's got one of those little nib USB things, you know, that barely mm -hmm. sticks out. Uh, 
Well, it stuck out just enough because it just disintegrated. Yeah. Um, Did it ruin the port? Uh, no, it didn't ruin the port, thankfully. Uh, but, you know, it's still just it's frustrating, right? You know, if they're going to root through your bag, they could at least take some care and, uh, you know, show some sort of respect for your stuff. Uh, but no. So there was that. Then on the way back, they stop us and they search us. Uh, you know, we get the old, you're the random guy check. Right. Um, and they they pull out a, a can of hairspray, right? I have to use hairspray to keep the head, the hair glued to my scalp, you know, so it doesn't all fall out. Uh, it's that Ron Popeil uh, spray hair in a can stuff, right? right. Well, they confiscate it. They won't let us fly with it. I'm like, that's I a large liquid. Yes. Right. But I, you know, I'm like, I got here with that in my bag. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so uh, that was the next one. I just like, you know, it's just frustrating. I guess that's what happens when you pay people $8 an hour. <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> yeah. I did some flying this summer and, and I had an experience where they pulled me aside and did a random uh, gun or explosive gunpowder uh, screening, whatever. And, dusted my hands with the stuff and put it under this uv light i'm like what 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 the heck do i look like a terrorist i mean really is are there a lot of large aryan terrorists that are extremely obese (laughs) walking around is that is that really your target demographic Um, right and and then i i think i mentioned it on the show that uh uh, in madison wisconsin i had uh, an intimate experience with a tsa agent Oh, yes, yes. I remember you talking about yes. that. Yeah, he, yeah. He was very gentle. I tipped him. Yeah. <laughs> I think we've had, and that was, this was completely off air, but I think we've had this talk, right, Mark, that like profiling should, should be okay in instances like that. Right. <laughs> I mean, you can randomly search other people, but you know, sorry, man, if you're, if you're, uh, you know, from the middle, obviously from the Middle East, you're carrying a passport. <laughs> Dude, you are getting scrutinized. Yeah. Just accept it. You know, that's the way it should be. <laughs> and the, while the TSA agent was copping a feel on me, there was a woman in line behind me, uh, mid to late 50s, maybe early 60s. Um, mm-hmm. And they were giving her hassle about her bottle of conditioner in her bag. It's like, really? Right. Really? This, this woman and her bottle of Pantene is going to bring down this airplane? Really? <laughs> Right. <laughs> that's that's my line that I've said a hundred times before. Uh, a zero tolerance means a hundred percent stupidity. It just yep. every time. That's a great quote. So uh, what I, did you see while you were there? Well, yes. Did you see it any good strippers? Well, it, well no. Because well, your brother's that kind of guy, as I recall. Yes, yes. My brother <laughs> generally. Uh, the last time we had a night like this, uh, yeah, and it was in Dallas, and he thought it would be a good night out to. Uh, take a tour of dallas strip clubs and uh you know he's perpetually single the guy's 39 years old never been married never really even had a girlfriend for very long i mean uh he's not like completely unattractive or anything he dates but he just is that kind of guy he's the guy that will you know he'll be 60 and still going to strip clubs uh so yeah i was kind of cringing about the thought of a weekend in vegas with him because i wasn't quite sure how that was going to end up but luckily uh it wasn't too bad uh it was pretty tame actually just uh some uh watched the bronco game and uh got my soul crushed there oh 
and uh, uh you know i drank some beer and just uh did some dinner and then uh, some light gambling nothing nothing crazy i played in a poker tournament and uh, uh and then i was back in the hotel and in bed by 11 30 so uh, old man. i'm showing yeah i am i'm you know stepping up to the old man plate uh but all in all it was fun but yes uh through uh, you know the disappointment of ces there was uh one nice little surprise there in that uh, that Saturday, the day I arrived, was the Miss America pageant. Yes, indeed. There in Vegas. So uh, a couple of times we saw the contestants walking uh, walking around. Apparently, they must be under some sort of contractual obligation to wear those little sashes everywhere they go. <laughs> um, I thought that was kind of interesting because everywhere, it's like, you know, you'd be walking somewhere and you'd, you'd see them and they had their thing on. And I uh, got to meet Miss Pennsylvania in the uh, airport terminal heading home. I, she was apparently heading home at the same time. So uh, another interesting thing about that, Mark, was uh, all of the ones I saw, and I don't know uh, if this is, it seemed like it was some sort of policy or something, but they all had this older woman in her like 50s. Uh, the chaperone. Around. Yeah. Yeah, and that's all I could assume that it was, and I, I thought it was kind of weird. Um, at first, the first one I saw, I thought, well, that must be her mother with her. And then every one I saw, they had like a 50-year-old a, a woman following them around, and I thought, surely not all of these ones brought their mom or have their mom hawking over them in such a manner. And then I got, and I'm like, you know, but not a chaperone because they're all adults, right? And then I thought, well, there's been some Miss America uh ladies in the past that have uh made the press <laughs> so so maybe it's the pageant just trying to keep them out of trouble while they're there in vegas you know uh so yeah it was very interesting i don't know it's very possible it could have been their mamas every one of them i guess you know. like you know i guess if your daughter's in the miss america pageant yeah you're gonna go right mom's probably gonna be there but not a dad one yeah. so uh so again it just seemed it seemed really odd but um Anyway, was what it was. So it still turned out to be a pretty cool weekend to be there anyway. Uh, and, you know, I grew up I grew up in Southern California, so I've been to Vegas uh, at least 100 times, if not more. Um, but I haven't been in about 13 years. So, uh, so it was really neat to see uh, how it's changed out there. And, uh, man, it's a lot more expensive. Yeah. It's you know, they tried to do that whole uh, family destination thing for a while i think they've kind of given up on that and you know yeah. the, the recent what happens in vegas stays in vegas they, they've kind of given up on the bring your kids and have a good time thing right right yeah it's um you know but it, it was it was cool but uh, you know i come from and if you if you didn't if you hadn't been to vegas back in in these days uh probably pre-90s um vegas used to be all about like just give you the most amazing deals right. to get you in the door to uh so that you would gamble on their property so it was 99 cents steak and eggs and stuff like that i mean it was just nothing cost you much money at all and uh, uh you know as long as you were uh you know especially if you were gambling uh but now it's like everything's a ton you know just to go eat a simple lunch it's 30 dollars a person uh it's ridiculous well, you were there during a big trade show, too. Well, that's true. That's true. So the so, last time we talked, you were talking about uh, making noise about getting a Raspberry Pi. Did, did that happen? 
they haven't they haven't arrived. Yeah. So this next item I call Raspberry Pis and Arduinos, uh, but they are on order. So I placed an order for now. I have uh, I have uh, I guess Sean squared the next you know my replacement uh, working for me. So I ordered two Raspberry Pis. How's his hairline? Uh, better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> of course, his his waistline is showing uh, that, he, that he's a dick. <laughs> he jokes about it because he's been gaining weight. Uh, but yeah, two Raspberry Pis and two uh, sort of beginner Arduino sets. Are you familiar with Arduino, Mark? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've talked about them on this show way back. Yeah. So um, I ordered two. Um now, uh, of course, the Raspberry Pis, they actually have some practical application in education, like we may be actually be able to use these things somewhere, right, if we come up with some sort of cool use for them. Um, you know, I was even talking uh, with, uh, with my assistant and talking to him about, uh, you know, these actually have, you know, you throw Linux on them, they have, uh, there's a possibility of throwing them into the lower-end classrooms, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, in my district, they're certainly married to the Microsoft Office suite. Uh, so going Linux across the board would be a challenge at best. Uh, but on the lower end, where, you know, uh, I don't know, maybe up through third, fourth grade, uh, where the kids probably aren't even using Office, they're just using a browser. And a lot of times they have us put shortcut, desktop shortcuts to specific sites that they use. Um, I'm, I'm thinking we might run a. Uh, kind of a test with the Raspberry Pis and see because I mean at thirty five dollars a unit, I mean you can't beat it. You know if people want five of them in the classroom, you're like yeah sure here you go. You know well they only have HDMI out right, so you'd need to pay for the HDMI to VGA converter for your monitor. Right. So it's not quite thirty five dollars a unit. That, 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 well no, but still I and mean, you know that's a one time expense because uh, once you have those then uh, you know. Uh, so I don't know. I'm kick. I'm kicking that idea around right now. I just have two coming. We're going to play around with them and you know tinker and see what we can do with them. So expect that at some time in the future, I will do a show. I may do a, you know we may do separate shows, one on Raspberry Pis and one on Arduinos. But um, I'm actually more excited about getting the Arduinos in. Uh, uh, it's just if you're not familiar with them out there, it's it's basically. Uh, like an upscale or a new age version of the electronics toolkit. Yeah, it's a microcontroller. Uh, it was designed for electronics uh, students primarily. Uh, the idea, I, I can't remember the the creator of them's name, but uh, I heard him in an interview, a couple Italian of interviews. Guy. Uh, and his, his idea was, we want to make a microcontroller that costs the same as a box of pizza. So... You know that a college kid can afford, and and that you could throw in there and burn them up. They they needed to be disposable, right? Um, and so that's what the Arduino came for. Now the the Pi is more of a multi-purpose system on a chip. The Arduino is is designed to be made into stuff. It doesn't really do anything on its own, right? Fully uh, fully programmable. As a matter of fact, I mean you have to program it. Right. Um, it has its own programming language. Um, and, uh, yeah, you have to plug in components to it and write a little program to tell it what to do. Um, so now the reason I'm going there, Mark, is we're actually, uh, 
kind of doing is uh, I'm calling it R&D. So I'm thinking about maybe next year putting together uh, like a technology club. Um, and that might be just a handful of students. I know where I'm at. That's that's probably about, it, you know, the most we'll get is probably a handful of students. So you're going to call it the daily, be- daily beatings and never get a date club? Right, right. Yeah, okay. yeah. You you don't have a girlfriend. Come on over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but you know, I, I see. I think it's it's valuable. You know, the, especially uh, you know, I'm in uh, small town, rural America. Uh, those kids and Mark, you you know, I mean, you were there for a long time. Those particular kids have no outlet. Right. Uh, you know, you have those kids that are engineering minded. They they're they're very bright. They're interested in this kind of stuff, and there's just nothing here to foster that. I was one of those kids uh, back when so, I was in school. I used to, uh, I talked the teacher into locking me in her classroom at night so I could stay in the computer lab and and work on stuff. And I would stay there until seven or eight at night on my on the TRS eighty computer, hacking around with good old GW Basic. Um, you know, and I turned out okay, maybe. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, that, I mean, those kids are out there and, uh, they're, it's funny how things don't change. Um, you know, right. the technology changes, but the people don't, it's that same, there's the geeks like me who, um, you know, who, who aren't necessarily socially adept and, and don't have anywhere to go or anything else to do. And yeah, they would, they would really, uh, get into poking around with some Arduinos. Yeah. Yeah, so that's it. The I'm going to spend the remainder of this year sort of eh, homeworking the overall idea. Uh, I already talked to the high school principal about it, and he's all amped that we're going to do something like that. But, um, you know, I'm not sure where I want to take it. Uh, it may just be a sort of, like I said, technology club where we sit around a tinker and sort of mentor to these kids. Um, or we could go full-blown, and it seems like if you have something like that, uh, then the – the only real route to go if you're going to be full-blown is robotics. Um, I looked at several of the kind of mainstream robotics programs that in, you know include these uh, high schools. And uh, quite honestly, they don't seem as robust. You know, They kind of give you a very specific set of hardware that you have to use. And uh, you know, it's so confined as far as what you can do that it, it maybe doesn't seem as interesting as just giving them some Arduinos and saying, "Hey, we're gonna, you know, let's uh, here's all the wonderful, fabulous things you can make. Let's uh, make some of this stuff and then come up with some stuff on your own." I have the perfect project for them, Sean. What's have that? them build a Death Star because our government's not going to do it. Apparently not. Apparently not. Now, did you hear about this before I put it in the notes, Mark? Yes, yes. Okay. So, um, one, uh, if you don't know, the White House has a specific portion of their site that is for uh, public petitions. So, anybody can go. I have an account on there. Uh, you can go on there and you can start a petition. And if you get uh, over 25,000 signatures on your petition for whatever, like, you know, I think president barack obama should shave his head i mean you can make it whatever you want some of them most of them on there are fairly serious but there are some ridiculous ones and i think if if i remember correctly the rules are if you get ten thousand signatures the white house is obliged to respond to you uh twenty five thousand twenty five thousand yeah so if you get twenty five thousand then yes the the white house they've guaranteed the white house will respond um this one did uh i i should say a uh, 
the petition we're talking about is somebody got on there and, and said that, yes, uh, the White House should uh, build a Death Star. Secure resources and, fun- resources and funding to begin construction of a Death Star by 2016. Right. And 34,435 people thought that was a pretty good idea, or at least yeah. a funny joke. That is the number as of today, or earlier today as we're recording, so uh, they easily eclipsed the 25,000. Um, now, the response, and I, you know what? I didn't even put it in the notes. It's from uh, you know one of the president's like Paul Shawcross. Right. Um, he says the construction of the Death Star has been estimated to cost more than $850 quadrillion. Uh, and did you have to Google that quadrillion, or did you just know? That's pretty no, impressive, actually. actually um, or somewhere, I don't know, somewhere I read that that number was $850 quadrillion. Yeah, because it's, uh, what is that, one, two, three, It's a bunch four, of zeros. I have 16 zeros behind it. Yeah, so... Uh, uh, yeah, that was his first point. So his response uh, is completely tongue-in-cheek, just like the question was. Um, he says that uh, that's a lot of money, and of course we're trying to cut into our deficit. Uh, the I like this one. The administration does not support uh, blowing up planets. <laughs> I guess that would be left to the Republicans. Right. <laughs> And uh, what, let's see here. What Why else? would we spend countless t- taxpayer dollars on a Death Star with a fundamental design flaw that can be exploited by a one-man starship? Right. <laughs> well, they could have made theirs better. That's not the first time I've seen that either. I've yeah. seen other people make that argument. You know, How are you going to build a Death Star? And it's, right. <laughs> it's vulnerable to one dude. Hey, Wally, want to throw a couple of two-by-fours across that exhaust port? Maybe might be a good idea. Right. And Mark, I'll leave this last one to you because uh, you found it so funny. Yes, the the government, the NASA, already has in place uh, the NASA's Commercial Crew and Cargo Program Office, also known as C3PO. It's a real thing. They're trying to uh, they're teaming up with uh, commercial uh, entities to come up with uh, space cargo, but they 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 came up with the acronym of C. Three PO, I love that. Made me laugh. Yeah, and I actually thought that was just a a joke he was making, and I didn't actually look. They actually have a link to this organization, but Mark looked it up and told me a pre show that that was real. I was like, oh, even better. It's even better that it's real. Right. <laughs> so anyway, there's a we have in our show notes a link to that actual petition, so uh, you can go and look at it. I I do, and the reason I wanted to list this too though is it is kind of cool. I think. Although I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this, Mark, but I think it's it's at least cool that our government has some place where you can go and speak out and be heard and uh, and be responded to if uh, you know if it's a good enough question. Apparently, I think it's stupid. Um, <laughs> I knew you were going to say yeah. that. <laughs> Uh, there, you know, there are so many things that the the government officials need to be spending their time on. Even if it's a low level guy who's just monitoring a website, there are things he could better be doing. And I just think it's a waste. It's a total waste to have this thing into you know it, it, it's meaningless. None of those things are going to. If you had three hundred million people, which is the entire population of of America, vote on a petition, it's not going to matter. You're not going to do anything with it. It's substance, it's style over substance. It's smoke and mirrors. It means nothing. Sound and fury. Sound and fury. Yeah. 
I will mention that, by the way, since we just did that. Sound and Fury is the name of my latest podcast. I recorded the first episode of it last night. It's actually up on the YouTube channel if you want to watch it. It's not very good, uh, but uh, it's there. And uh, the, the Sound and Fury is uh, its just my audio blog is essentially what it is, where I sit down behind this microphone and just say what comes to my mind. And uh, I've, like I said, I've got one episode recorded. I've got a couple of more rolling around in my head. And uh, I'm not going to really advertise that one or hit it hard. But if you're interested in the kind of stuff like we just did where I talk about how the government is being stupid with their petition thing, that's the kind of show you want to go for. Um, If you want to um, hear news stories like this next one, you need to go to the periodic table. And if Sean listened to our own shows, he would know that we covered this topic on that show. But, uh, oh, I figured that might have been, uh, <laughs> but I, I just couldn't, I couldn't help myself. It was too good, and it, it's, it's tech too, right? So, right. periodic table is not, not tech really at all. It's just whatever. Uh, so, yes, I apologize if you've listened to the periodic table and you're, uh, you've already heard this one, uh, but you're going to hear it again because uh, the story is out of classroom. Placer County, California, where uh, apparently two teens, although it sounds like just one of them actually did the drugging, but two teens drugged their parents so they could get online. Yeah. The, so the parents have a, uh, a strict 10 p.m. curfew. No internet after 10 p.m. And uh, it doesn't say whether there's a, a technological thing or just a rule. Uh, but uh, the, these, this girl and her friend decided that a good way to get a few extra hours online was to slip him a Mickey. And so she mixed up some special milkshakes. Uh, You know, I don't, I don't clearly, I don't know this kid. I don't know these parents, but if my daughter just randomly made me a milkshake and brought it to me, I wouldn't drink it. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You're 15. You've never brought me anything. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the 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 parents said they drank it. Said it tasted a little funny, had a weird consistency, uh, but they drank enough of it anyway to be knocked out cold for a few hours. Doesn't say exactly when. And um, good good on the parents. They're pressing charges against their own daughter. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Well, you know, I mean, it's serious. It sounds funny, and it's funny the way that it worked out. But gosh, you know. If they're teenagers. What if they put too much in there? You know, that we could be talking about teens kill parents, you know, by ODing or uh, something crazy like that. So, uh, yeah, if I was the parent, I'd be highly upset. And let's face it, charge them. They're minors. It'll, it, <laughs> yeah. it'll, it'll go off the record. <laughs> yeah. And I think that friend is no longer allowed at my house anymore. Right. To say the right. least. But uh, you know things change with kids. Um, they you know they go from from fighting to to have a few extra minutes riding the bicycle to drugging their kids to get online. They also go from thinking Apple was the coolest thing in the world to eh, maybe not so much, according to Forbes. Right, right. So Forbes, uh, and actually, I guess it would be uh, according to Buzz Marketing. So if you're not familiar with Buzz Marketing, they're one of the largest marketing research firms uh, that really caters toward uh, the younger generation. So they always want to know what the, the young, youthful uh, consumers out there are thinking. They want the pulse of them. 
And uh, so Buzz Marketing did some research and found that uh, teens, and I guess probably tweens too, but the younger generation, uh, no longer thinks Apple is cool. And well, the, the issue is that teens don't want their the same phone their moms are using. And right. so now that mom and grandma both have smartphones, my mother, 64 years old, got an Android phone the other day. Um, it it kind of it, it made me laugh. She said she called me up and said I got a smartphone and it's smarter than I am. Uh, but uh, you know there's that uh, penetration in the market and Samsung did a great job with those commercials a little while back with the the mom and dad standing in line. You know, and she says, right. "Is this where is this where I wait in line to get apps?" You know, and 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 kids are responding to that. Maybe not that commercial, but that uh, mentality. Right, right, and you know, so yeah, there's that, um, uh, and there's the fact that uh, most of the kids who are getting iPhones, or you know, there's a great portion of them that when they get the iPhone, well, they get their parents' old 4S because right. mom just got a five, or you know, uh, so. They're not getting the latest greatest. They're getting the hand-me-down, uh, so it doesn't exactly carry the luster that you know s- some hipster that stands in line for 24 hours to get their brand new 5s or whatever. Uh, it's not the same for those younger generations. So it seems interesting. You know, we always talk about uh, how that's one of the areas Apple excel- excels in is uh, marketing, right? And uh, they are. Uh, they're missing that whole demographic, but that's the lead-in demographic, right? Right. Uh, so, uh, you know, it did not break my heart at all to put this one in the show. <laughs> and, 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 of course, just to, to consider themselves uh, fair and balanced, Forbes had to throw in a three-sentence paragraph about RIM. By the way, they're still not dead. We had to mention them. Right. They're out there. Right. Yeah, I, I saw a lot of that uh, – a good uh, portion of what we have left is talking about uh, the new cars and uh, several times I was reading through articles and watching videos and things and people would be like for the iOS and for Android and then they would like slip in a well and it's also uh, Blackberry still included in there <laughs> it was almost like this last gasp like yeah we're still working them in right now but you know you could you could tell like the rest of that sentence was you won't see them next year <laughs> so we'll see uh you know i was amazed though mark in my travels back and forth uh to vegas i was surprised how many blackberries i saw uh people holding on to still very big in business yeah yeah so uh it was weird. I give my brother a hard time because he still has a BlackBerry and uh, razz him about, you know, when is he going to get with the times? Uh, but he was the only person I knew that still had a BlackBerry. And then I went on this trip and I saw all kinds of people carrying them around. So, yeah, you're right. In business, uh, they're apparently still firmly entrenched. And then as you uh, foreshadowed the the next little bit here, while we said this isn't the CES show, we can't ignore some of the things that came out of CES. and. And one of the things that Sean has chosen to focus on is that uh, the the new battleground is in your car. We've got your home. We've got your pocket covered now. Um, now it's time to move in to the car. And, and that's sort of where the battleground is. And our first link is comes from uh, CNET's CES page. And there's a rather lengthy video about dozens of different ways that you can crash uh, while driving. Right. 
<laughs> yeah, so QNX, which I guess uh, is really like a custom maker of uh, these dashboards and stuff. Um, so the, the vehicle in that video is actually a Bentley, but they've gone in and, uh, I guess, retrofitted it with this QNX uh, system. And it's funny, Mark, I, I saw it once and I thought it was just somebody being clever and then I, I saw it several times in other articles about different companies and things like that. And they, so I guess we're calling it this now infotainment system. Infotainment. Yes. Yeah. So uh, I was, I, I'm sure I'm probably late in the game on that one, but uh, I hadn't really heard that term before. So uh, if you haven't heard that yet, uh, it's coming because now you're not, yeah, there's no entertainment system in your car. It's infotainment system. So as I'm watching the video, one of the things they're showing here is something that I have thought for years, wondered why we don't do that, is they have CCTV cameras all over the car instead of mirrors and a little screen on, on the dashboard. Why right. are we still using mirrors? Why do we still have a chunk of glass with writing on it that says objects in mirror are closer than they appear? What, <laughs> what, I have a yeah, especially when a, 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 a freaking webcam it probably costs half as much as an actual mirror. Exactly. Nowadays. I mean, you can have um, you know a, a high def TV that you can pick up at Walmart for thirty eight bucks, but I still have to have a mirror on the side <laughs> of my car. How ridiculous is that? My wife's van has the the little backup mirror with a tiny little two inch screen up in the rearview mirror. What what's the point of that? That little super specialized screen probably costs three times as much as just slapping a monitor on the dashboard and calling it good. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You are right there. Uh, you know, yeah. It it, it is funny. Uh, they did work some other cool things like the backup camera in the bumper. It's, it's a, it's a dual camera. So, uh, you get actual 3d, right? Uh, nice. so that's kind of cool, I guess. Um, uh, they do show it and it's really neat because when you go into backup mode, um, it has an all digital LCD, uh, like where your gauges are right there in front of the, the steering wheel. But when you go into reverse, that area turns into the display. Mm -hmm. so you're not having to look off to the right or up, you know, or anything like that. It's just like right there. So it, that video was pretty cool because, um, even though this is not a, a mainstream system, mainstream system, uh, this QNX is an aftermarket, uh, provider. So you'd have to spend probably a considerable amount of money to have it installed. Um, and B it was in a Bentley, uh, which I know I'm not going to be getting one of those anytime soon. But uh, but it did give you a really good glimpse of the future. So if you want to check it out, uh, that was one of the cooler ones uh, that I saw. Of course, my uh, favorite feature is the video conferencing, because yes. you need another reason to take your eyes off the road. And with and you know the cool thing was it had built-in cameras. One was angled at the driver, and one was angled at the passenger. Right. So <laughs> yeah, it, it's so funny because uh, as as we work through these articles, several times people would mention, particularly you know the representative for the car company, it's like, of course, don't use any of this while you're actually driving. <laughs> yeah. Don't actually use this stuff while the ninety percent of the time you're in the car. Just use it while you're sitting in the parking lot. For, right. You know. <laughs> yeah. So you can tell. You know, you can see them actively trying to avoid lawsuits, while at the same time making these cars as cool as possible. And uh, uh, of course, Ford's had their Ford Sync for a while now. Ford has really been pushing technology and 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 advertising technology, and and that they 
they're they're trying to become a computer company that just happens to have wheels on it uh and they've added uh new apps to their ford sync which by the way is built on microsoft um yeah microsoft windows embedded i think it is uh so the the next story here is how they've added nine new apps to ford sync some of which are pretty darn cool yeah and uh you know most of them i mean they're pretty uh predictable apps you know they have like four or five uh radio station apps you know pandora and last fm and things like that uh which totally makes sense um you know gps apps and uh you know uh some of those that you can like uh what is it i can't remember the name of it now there's one where you can uh glimpse right uh, you can opt to uh basically send your location information to specific people so i have that on my phone and i use it sometimes where you know to let my wife know where i'm where i am Right, right. So, uh, you know, all the apps made sense, um, and that was interesting. And uh, you know, further down, I uh, also referenced the fact that Ford has released an SDK so developers can sign up uh, in their little community and start to develop apps for uh, the, the, the Ford platform. Uh, now, there was, there was a video about it, and I actually went to the site where you can sign up. And it's amazing because like here you see, you know, for this year, they've signed up nine new apps. And as you can imagine, yeah, they're major players, um, you know, just in the in the cloud. Uh, so I'm thinking, you know, they make this big announcement like they're trying to at attract developers. But I'm, uh, when you look through everything that you have to go through to actually get an app developed and approved. First by uh, a Ford. Uh, right. <laughs> Right, you know, um, it's a little wild. But you know, if you're interested, uh, it doesn't look like they're really stringently uh, weeding people out as far as being able to gain access to that actual SDK. So, if you want to get it and want to play around with it, uh, that looks fairly easy. But getting an app that's actually going to end up in Ford vehicles, uh, yeah, good luck. Um, and not to be left out, Chevy is is getting in on the deal uh, a little late. By something instead of sync, they call theirs my link because that's different. Yes. Yeah, and uh, I looked at a couple of videos of the Chevy vehicles, and you can tell they're they're late to the game. Uh, there's just not anything. They basically are catching up. So they, I don't recall seeing one thing in the Chevy vehicle that I wasn't already seeing in these other vehicles. Um, so they're basically just uh, playing catch up. But um, but their system looked all right. It's kind of neat to think that you know. Uh, for all of us out there, the, the next new vehicle we buy is very likely going to have some sort of system like this. Right. Um, so that was that was kind of neat. Um, there's other players too. Uh, Garmin released their K2 platform, and it's got like this 10-inch uh, touchscreen right there in the middle of the dash. Um, and it, it's interesting because, and Mark, this is kind of why I wanted to talk about this because you have all this uh, fragmentation in, you know, that's why I say this is like the battleground, right? There's all this fragmentation. Each car maker and even non-auto manufacturers are coming up with these systems. Um, and right now, the way it's resolved is most of them are designed to tie into a smartphone. So all of the apps uh, are not like, it's not really a Ford app. It's it's a it's an app on the uh, Google Play or it's an app on the uh, uh, Apple Store that you load onto your phone that interacts with your car. Right. 
So that's what they all seem to be doing right now. Um, but I wonder, is it going to stay that way? Um, and, and the reason I ask, I really wanted to get your input on this, Mark, because I always love uh, the insight you have. But it seems to me that at some point we might go the other direction. I mean, obviously in a car, you have the capability to put a much more powerful computing platform. So I'm thinking you put a really powerful computing platform in the car and then your phone, which is not nearly as smart, but can kind of draw on those resources. Well, I, I think, no, I don't think that's it. I think it'll still be, um, the phone will, will be there because that's personal. Other right. people drive your car. I mean, you spend most, your car spends most of your time parked and not doing anything. You know, while you're at work, while you're, uh, you know, shopping, while you're at the movie theater, and you can take your phone all of those places. People tweet like crazy in the movie theaters, and, and I want to smack them every time. Uh, but uh, the, I think what makes the phone such a great thing is because it is personal, and you can take it with you. But I, I think what you're onto there, and I've predicted this before, is is that the as bandwidth gets better, the cloud mm -hmm. is going to be your stuff, and it won't matter where you are. Um your PC uh, at your desk and your laptop in your bedroom and your phone in your hand and your car in your garage are all going to be the same interface. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I, I, I always picture like in, in Iron Man, the original Iron Man Jarvis, right? That was the computer that ran the house and right. it just sort of transferred Jarvis to his suit. Um, and I, and I kind of picture we're all going to have our own Jarvis in, in some way or another. It's uh you know, probably not going to be a snarky uh, uh, AI with an English accent, but, you know, something like that. Um, right. And, and we're, we'll have our settings, and we're getting that way now. If you're in the uh, Android uh, or the Google ecosystem, you have your account, and wherever you go, whatever device you log into, you got your stuff. And Apple, is, uh, to a, a slightly lesser extent, is the same way, just because there's lesser hard, uh, uh, a, a lesser number of hardware devices you can connect to and I, I think that's where it's going to be but we're the, right now the bandwidth is is the big issue uh you know bluetooth is uh is fairly decent but it's got a limited range uh wi-fi is good but uh again a limited range and and uh doesn't penetrate well through things i think we're going to have to find with some some sort of um ubiquitous communication protocol that we can go everywhere and, and again you know being a star trek geek I want the little communicator, you know, the little badge that Picard wore and he just tapped his chest, you know, and, and he could talk to the computer wherever he was and the computer was on the ship, but he had his access to it wherever he was. So that, that's, that's where I think we're going to go just because that's the, the way humans do things. Um, I, I don't think it's going to be in the car. Um, in fact, I, I think that the, the car as we know it, uh, is, is probably not going to be around for more than a generation. That's my prediction. I think prediction. we're going to go to like shared public transportation. You just pick up whatever pod is the next one sitting there. Yeah, something like that. I, I don't. I don't really know how it's going to work out, but the the inefficiency of a family of five owning four cars, uh, it just isn't going to stand. The economy isn't going to be able to support that. It it did for a long time, um, but it's not going to be able to support that. So we're either going to go back to being a one car family. We're going to share more. Or we're going to start sharing resources, and you know, like we talked about the autonomous cars a little while back. Uh, I just I don't think the you know the Chevy and Ford and and um, GM and and those guys are all uh, 
they have a, a failing business model, and that is to convince you that you need to buy a new something that lasts 10 years every year. Right. Right. Yeah, so maybe uh, then we are living in sort of a heyday where we'll talk about, you know, back in the day there, 20 years ago, everybody had their own car and it had right. this cool computer in it and uh, cameras instead of mirrors. <laughs> right. Now, if somebody could do kit, that would bring the car industry right back, you know, complete <laughs> right. with, the, with the little red thing that goes, woo-woo, woo-woo. <laughs> the first car manufacturer to cr produce that We'll put all others out of business. <laughs> yeah, you'll have a bunch of, uh, by then, 70-year-old guys. <laughs> That's right. Uh, <laughs> we'll be cashing in our pensions to buy those things. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny now, especially if you're in electronics at all, you look back at that, and you're like, it's like $20 worth of electronic parts <laughs> together, you know, little switches and lit-up switches and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, a little five-inch uh, uh tube screen in in there that yeah 8-bit graphics man, right right awesome. <laughs> gotta love it gotta love it all right so yeah that was that was it that's why i kind of went the car route and i think it was different than a lot of people did uh, a lot of the big stories were kind of the flexible displays and right. um, i looked at all that stuff and there was a lot of cool stuff but I mean, goodness, you can go, you can go anywhere and, and read that stuff and you probably already have so what I about the I, haptic fork did you see that one? Yeah, yeah, I did see that one. And also, uh, it, it, what is it? It um, somehow or another reports back to the internet. You like your eating tendencies right. and how much you eat and how fast you eat and all that stuff. Uh, crazy. I don't care what it does. Nobody's going to pay a hundred dollars for a fork. Right. Nobody. It's not going to happen. <laughs> I did like the, uh, the flexible display technology that Samsung's working on. So it already kind of made me feel bad because as excited as I was to get my Galaxy S3 <laughs> uh, what, a, a month or two ago, I'm already looking. I'm like, yep, a year from now, it's yep. going to be the uh, worst. It's going to be a total worthless doorstop because they're going to have this flexible screen on their the Galaxy S5 or whatever. I was talking to this guy at work today, a, f a fellow geek, and he was talking about, uh, you know, he's, he's holding out, uh, trying to get decide what the new phone is. And I forget which one he says. It's going to have an eight-core processor in it. Like why? Why the heck do you need an eight core processor? I mean, we need some technology to advance websites. first. Was that you serving up websites from yeah. your phone? <laughs> and it's like it's got eight core processor and a six minute battery life. Right, right. <laughs> wow, wow. Yeah, well, that's I guess you know that's the fun of CES every year. Is you see all these crazy things that. Um, are, you know, you're not going to see anytime soon, but are still a, somewhat of a glimpse in the future. It is funny too, though, if you look at past coverage of like old CES, old CES coverage, some of the stuff you see on there that's like, this is the future. We're going to see this in two to three years, and it's like we will never see it because right. it was actually lame. <laughs> you know, just speaking of phones, I. My job requires me to to every few weeks have an on call phone. We somebody's on call twenty four hours, and this week was my week to have the on call phone. And we have the cheapest, the old flip phone. It's not even a camera phone. That's how old this thing is. Um, but it rings, and you know that's all we needed to do. And it's new. It's it's just an old style. I didn't know you could still buy those, but it's a new phone in the old style. Uh -huh. But anyway, I charged that thing uh, when it was given to me. Uh, it was completely dead. So much it wouldn't even turn on. I charged it for about an hour uh, last Monday night. I handed that phone off today, Monday morning, 
still full charge. <laughs> it's like I remember those days. I remember right. when a phone would last two weeks on a charge. Right now, I don't get through the day. I'm charging by <laughs> lunchtime. Yep, yep. And and God forbid you forget to charge your phone overnight or something. Right. right? You, you get to work and like an hour later it's dead. You're like ah, you know. Uh, you know, I, yeah. I, I carry a charger in my car. I have a charger cable in my in my laptop bag. I have a charger. Uh, at my desk, I have a charger in the bedroom. I have a charger in the living room. Uh, two chargers in the living room, actually. Two chargers in the bedroom. And, and it's like we've, we're slaves to power because yeah. we have these quad-core devices uh, that suck power. And, you know, back in the day when you when your phone just rang and you said hello, you could go forever on, <laughs> on a charge. The good old days. That's right. That's right. Where's the whitricity when we need it? <laughs> Actually, I think I think that's what my first episode, my second episode of the uh, um, Sound and Fury is going to be. I'm going to go an in-depth look into um, supercapacitors. Oh, interesting! Just because, yeah, for that are reason, you, I'm a geek, and it's interesting. Okay, I was going to say, are you going to be able to do any Fury on that one? <laughs> that sounds no, like, like I all said, the show is just whatever I want to talk about. So right, that, right. that's what I'm into right now. Wow. I'll be shocked if you can do an hour on supercapacitors. Then that's that's some serious cred there. <laughs> well, I didn't say it was going to be an hour. <laughs> okay, all, okay, all bets are off on this show. It might be a ten-minute show. <laughs> awesome, good stuff. So we don't well, have any tips this week, other than no. don't fly to CES overnight. No. Oh, here's a tip. Okay, and this is for the tightwad in you because I flew tightwad uh, Spirit Airlines. I've been on and, Spirit, yeah. Have you? Well, all I can say is save your money. Go pay the extra $20 and fly with somebody else because it was horrible. There was an ad everywhere yeah. I turned my head or eyes, you know, the back of the seat in front of me on all of the cabbage bins and uh, or ca cabin bins. Uh, the stewardesses, like, throughout the flight, trying to get you to sign up for the credit right. cards yeah. and <laughs> it was horrible yeah, and I they mean, sell you the in-flight snacks and drinks oh yeah yeah you know nothing nothing's cheap uh it was just uh, yeah i mean you know uh there's another thing if you've been to vegas you walk down the street and there's all these people trying to hand you these little pamphlets with you know right. to call up call girls or go to this strip club or whatever and they're just menacing right they're every five steps and that's how i was feeling on this flight i was like can I just sit and be quiet for a few minutes without somebody trying to sell me something? Uh, so, yeah. And then they have the gall, like they're rubbing it in your face. At the end, as we're arriving at the gate in Vegas, the stewardess announces, you know, Spirit Airlines, we're growing. We're going to be in these cities, that, you know, and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, yeah, because you are like just trying to suck every penny you possibly can out of people who, you know, make the mistake of booking a flight with you. So, uh, I flew uh, from Atlanta to Dallas. It was $99. Every other, like, uh, uh, Delta and Southwest, all those guys were like three and $400. So, it was, right. you know, it was $99, but like you said, it was 50 bucks per bag that you char uh, check, and if you yeah. want any snacks. And I paid for the uh, the BFS upgrade. Did they, did they offer you the BFS upgrade? No. Big front seat. 
<laughs> there's, oh, you know, okay. there's there's three three seats to a row, except for the front two rows that are only two seats to the row. Yeah, those business so, class seats. Yeah. yeah. So I yeah. paid the extra thirty dollars for the BFS upgrade. Uh, that's their version of first class. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 not as bargain as it might seem because by the time it was all over, my ninety nine dollar flight was almost three hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was that was it. And uh, you said checked bag, but it was. Uh, round trip, it cost me $90 for a carry-on, not yeah. an oversized carry-on, just a standard little, I mean, I was only going to be there overnight, so that's exactly it. I had an overnight bag. Right. Um, and yeah, that you got to pay, it's, it's so much to check one and so much to carry one on. There are no free bags. Actually, I think you could carry, it was like it had to be six inches or less to yeah, get one free tiny, one. Yeah, like, yeah. A, a woman's, woman's purse. Might, yeah might qualify there was that free uh, range but nothing that a man is going to carry because a man's going to carry either nothing or a decent sized bag that's going to actually have some stuff in it so uh yeah 90 bucks i was like you gotta be kidding me <laughs> it's almost as much as the flight was yeah it was ridiculous so uh service was horrible uh everything i mean we were an hour late getting out of the gate on the way home i mean just just remember that name, Spirit Airlines. I'm going to just as much payback as I can give them. Do not fly Spirit Airlines. Well, my experience, actually, it was the best flight I took. All my others were on Delta. Spirit uh, Airlines was better than all my Delta flights. Oh, really? Ah, uh, no. That shows me. you how I feel about Delta. Yeah. But you know what? This is the Tightwad Tech. So, you know, if you're yeah. looking to save some money, I mean, it was overall still, it was probably a little bit cheaper, but... um if you're thinking you're going to save a ton of money, uh, think yeah. again, or you need to really do your homework, uh, you know, uh, pack all your stuff in a little six by six inch box and bring it with you. Cause <laughs> you know, so when you landed there in Dallas and you touched down, did you look around and say, this was a great flight? No, I was just glad to be home. That was it. Yeah. Uh, well, not only that, I mean the hour delay getting back home, was uh on the plane it yeah. wasn't like they sat us out there in the terminal and said you know that was a you know there's a delay or whatever they got us on the plane and then said oh our pilot and co-pilot got delayed on their other flight and they'll be here momentarily and then we sat there for an hour waiting for them so uh no not a great flight but on the other hand this was a great show I was wondering if you were going to take that lead in. I gave. I you. did. It took you a while. I had to, you know, sound and fury. You motivated me, Mark. I had to <laughs> old man go off. So. <laughs> well, thanks for listening. Thanks for uh, being with us. And since we've had the great show stamp, anything else we could do would just mess it up. So all I'm going to say is this is Mark signing off. And Sean signing off. <laughs>